So this is recorded video? Or We're audio? doing an audio oh, backup yeah. and we got video as well. Oh, it's actual video? Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> okay. All right, Sue, so we are still at the CBC yes, rocking the, uh, what are we calling Winter this? media. Winter media day. day. <laughs> right there. It's right there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and we are talking with the series showrunner and one of the RCMPs involved in the series of The Detectives. Season three. Season three. Yeah. Season three. Right? And first off, thank you for your service, for, for everything. Really you, I mean, that's it. 36 years, man. That's a few years. Yeah. yeah it's a little a bit. Years. A little chunk of time. No better career. Do you? No better career. Really? Oh, no better career. Wow. If I could start off again tomorrow and as a young pup, I'd start off again. Wow. It's phenomenal. Now, okay, to dive into that for a sec, I mean, did you start... I mean, it's going to sound walking a beat kind of thing. I mean, how did, how did you start? Well, I can tell you, when I was 14 years old, first of all, my parents had 10 children. Oh, my I'm, God. What? I'm, I'm, second, I'm second to 10. Uh, there's, there's 11 months between myself and my oldest, oh my and God. a year and two days between myself and number three. So, obviously, with 10 children, you don't go to the restaurant every second day. So, <laughs> mom and dad would take us out to the restaurant one time a year. And we're both, two of us are in May, one of us are in June. And my father was a police officer. He's a retired police officer in the OCP. And so we're on our way to the restaurant, and Dad slams the brakes. We're on a little bridge. He slams the brakes, opens the door. Of course, we don't have seatbelts back then. Yes. And he jumps out, and I'm looking at Mom, and I'm looking at a couple of my brothers. and says, Jesus, where's, where's Dad going? He was chasing somebody. I hadn't seen him, but a car had hit, hit the corner of the bridge. And he was down on the bridge, and Dad never brought his work home. And he was chasing this guy. And I, I got caught up in it. I was, I was on. I got out of the car and I'm watching him. Dad grabbed this guy and brought him back. Of course, and I was impaired. And I got home that night. And never mind the Montreal Canadiens or Chicago Blackhawks, because we would fight over that, right? <laughs> I was a Canadian fan, and some of my brothers were Chicago. Right? But I said, you know what? That's where I'm going. Wow. So when I graduated from high school, I said to Dad and Mom, I said, uh, I'm not going to university. Then I'm going to find a summer job and I'm going to do police work. That's no, 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 no. That's that's not how you're going to do that. You're going to go to university. Then you can be a police officer. So I did. I went to university, got a degree, just a basic uh, undergraduate degree. And I joined the RSP immediately. I was transferred to uh, the province of Quebec. And I cried like a baby. I said, no, I'm not going to the province of Quebec. I'm going to wear a uniform. I have a gun on my hip. I'm going to do like my dad did. And I got to the province of Quebec, and I absolutely fell in love with investigations and police work. And it just it was a 36-year roller coaster. And I've told all our children, we've got six children, and I said every single one of them, I don't care what your career is, I don't care if you pick up garbage, I don't care if you want to be a doctor, what you want to do. Put a smile on your face, enjoy the work you're doing, get up in the morning, and if they pay you, that's a good day. Yeah. And I want to tell you, I, my career, I left on a high note, a smile on my face, I'm still involved as a consultant, mm -hmm. and uh, I can't complain, life is good. Wow. Life is better once since I've met Petro and uh, right? <laughs> the Texas got us and got me involved. So mm -hmm. appreciate it. And, and Petro, how does how does that work? I mean, do you go through the case files? Yes. Like and, and how do you get access we, to something like that? Yes, that's a very good question. And the last two years actually we've been working with RCMP. So uh, we did season one without RCMP. They were we were doing work with them at the time yet. They saw our show, they liked the way we portrayed police, they liked the way we were sensitive to the families, we were mm -hmm. sensational, we were salacious, and we started developing a relationship together. So um, then we started 
finding stories either in cork records or old newspapers and so on that we found interesting and they would pitch us stories as well say hey here's a here's a case that really profiles police work very well or we think might fit mm -hmm. what you guys are trying to do and that's how we met Jerry so uh, Jerry's case came to us uh, we looked at the case the case was extremely emotionally difficult yeah uh, it was a very heavy case it was a case that took a lot of smart work uh, it took a case uh, it was a case that took a lot of patience um, real patience that mm -hmm. spread many many years so and then we met Jerry we said okay Jerry is a very articulate smart kind human being that's the kind of person we want on camera mm -hmm. and then the next step was uh, seeing how the family feels about telling the story and so the ex-husband uh, of the deceased and the father of the child that was killed, we reached out to him and spent time with him. And he was very uh, generous and said he wants the story told. He would like the world to know what police did. And you put all that together and you say, okay, let's do this episode. And that's how we have this episode. Wow. <laughs> and what I really appreciated of the program is their, their, their taste. Mm -hmm. The taffles that they used. The family and Larry today really, really appreciated that because the story was told. And when we talk about a factual show, this is a factual show. Yeah. And um, it was done in good taste, like in really good taste. And it's a difficult, it's a difficult topic. Uh, I wear it, on, I wear it on my chest every day. But mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a difficult topic to open up and talk to community about. Right. But it needs to be told. The story needs to be told. Even in little communities in Eastern Canada, we got some bad people. Mm -hmm. And the way that they went about it, the way the detectives went about it, through Petro and his team, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And then, of course, it's, it's a dramatized version of the case. So you've got Alan Hocko basically <laughs> playing you. That's, yeah. that's got to be It's like looking in a mirror, yeah. Right? I was impressed. I saw myself with hair. <laughs> Did, I mean, throwing it together as not a fictionalized account, but a retelling of a case, one, was it tough for you to go through it again? And and were the things, obviously, that were changed for storytelling purposes or, you know, to condense time, to condense characters, yeah. that kind of thing? It was emotional because it's like anything else, when people pass away, it's not about the people that leave us, it's the people that left behind. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of the case, it brings back certain emotions. Sure. And sometimes just on a pulse. But that's not a bad thing because it shows the human side of police officers. You know, a lot of them think, you know, the guy wears a uniform yeah. or, or the, the, the female member wears a uniform and life is great. Well, life's not always great. We're mm -hmm. human beings as well. And all we are is an extension of the community yeah. with a little bit of training and a, hopefully a lot of common sense. A little bit <laughs> of training. And with, with the assistance from, you know, folks like you people in the community, we get to solve these crimes. Mm -hmm. But having said that, we also get to wear some of the issues that really that the general public doesn't really know. Yeah. You know. It's how you manage it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. There's a time to, to uh, compartmentalize when you're doing police work, and there's a time to let yourself go. And uh, so I'm at that stage right now where I can let myself go. Nice. And in and, and this particular story, this, uh, the one of the bad guys, one of the original bad guys, turned out to be one of my best friends. And the only... The only time in a 36-year career I've allowed anybody, anybody from my professional world mm. into my private work. Wow. So this is this one's more kind of special. Yeah, this one's kind of hits home. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's... <laughs> <laughs> and then just the whole concept of the fact that you guys get to tell these stories. And like you said, it gets to humanize yeah. a yeah. lot of the police officers. Yeah. yeah, you're right. In today's society, people just kind of see the uniform. You see what you want to see. Yeah. 
And then with series like these, you can see that, yes, it's human beings putting this work together to solve things to make a better society, for want of not sounding too... Yeah. Yeah. Poetic. Well, like yeah. closure, right? Yeah. Well, it's closure, and, and, yeah. and the public's entitled to see that. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's not all yeah. about the color red. Yeah. Know, leave yeah. it at that. There's a lot of radio issues going on in police work, and it's good for the community to see right across the country. Mm-hmm. In this particular case that these guys jumped on, it took us 13 years. You, know, you want to you exercise patience. There, there's, a, <laughs> right. there's an example, right? So at least they'll see that trust us, we'll trust you, we're part of you. And eventually, as a, as a team, mm-hmm. you know, things work out. Normally things work out, should work out. So, in this case, it did. <laughs> and Petra, how do you choose the cases? Uh, that's an excellent question. Um, we have a team of researchers. So what we do is we, depending on the cases, mm. uh, like this is an RCP case, but basically across the board, we look through newspapers, old court records, all kinds of yeah. things. At this point, we have good relationships with police departments, yeah. also pitch us stories. Um, we find stories that will work for television, where okay. there's like, uh, there is a one hour of story to be told. Right. Uh, we look for detectives who are articulate, want to speak mm-hmm. about the case who are emotionally connected to the case who will be a good spokesperson for a case and then we also reach out to the communities and the families and if all of that fits together then we do the story if one part of that isn't working we pass on the story Wow. So uh, we have passed on stories where the families have felt it's you know, it's too close to home. Even if the mystery is great, even the detective is wonderful, huh. we just don't do it. Uh, so that's been our uh, that's how we find our cases, and we've had great success. Police departments across the country come to us, give us great stories. Yeah. In this case, RCMP brought us this story, and that's, uh, that's how See, it's that been working. Sounds like a whole line of books right there. Our victim. Uh, surviving victim, the uh, in this case the ex-husband, we I pushed hard for him to become part of a, of a committee uh, for uh, meetings across the country for victims, mm. uh, survivors, because we have a tendency to, to forget those people. Mm-hmm. And so, in this particular case, I was able to get Larry involved, and not wanting to fly in planes and scared of planes, we we, we arranged right from the get-go to make sure that he and his his wife at that time were able to, to make their way to Ottawa and spend a week in Ottawa, get involved. Uh, and he became an advocate for victims across the country. And to this very day, Larry often picks up the phone and speaks to people uh, that happen to be in a, you know, wearing the same shoes that he wore one time. And it's difficult for us to put ourselves in that position because yeah. we never, hopefully we'll yeah. never be there. But guys like Larry have, and they've done well from that point on. So. Gentlemen, that is amazing. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks. And cannot wait to see more <laughs> just all more more Krista more thanks so much guys thank you thank you so much thank you thank you Jerry thank you again thank you thank you thank you